Hello and welcome to Ag PhD Radio, broadcasting from the Morton studio today. I'm Darren Hefty. And I'm Brian Hefty. Thanks for joining us. Today on the show, we're going to talk a little about early season corn fungicides. A lot of times we'll talk about V4, V5, V6, V7, somewhere in that kind of range. So it's early in the season. And should you spray at this time? Should you wait? What product should you use? Is this something that actually could potentially benefit your farm? We're going to talk about that on the show today. If you've got any questions for us or if there's anything you'd like to talk about that's happening on your farm right now, you can give us a call, 844-44-AG-PHD. That's 844-442-4743. You could also email us, radio at agphd.com, or send us a note on Twitter, agphdmedia, Darren Hefty, or Brian Hefty. We'll get to the Ag PhD mailbag in just a little bit here, but just to kind of start things off on this corn fungicide talk, this was something that I, I, I think it might have even been BSF that started talking to us about this, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago, something like that. So we tried some of this out on our farm. And let me just say this, with a lot of crops, when they're really small, you will see reduced rates of fungicides getting used. In some cases, reduced rates of fungicides are even labeled, like in wheat, for example. When you go spray at herbicide timing, a lot of times you can get by with what we call a half rate. And then later on, when you're at flag leaf or you're at heading timing, then you have to use the full rate. And the reason why this is, is when the plant's really small, why do you need the full dose of fungicide? So the example I always give is human beings. Okay, if you've got an adult and you have a kid, does the kid take the same dose of medicine as you? Of course not. They take the kid dose, which in a lot of cases is the exact same medicine, just at a half rate or a third rate. Same kind of thing with fungicides in crops. So if you're spraying something tiny, a lot of times you can get by with a low rate. So like in our farm, we started using what we would call a half rate. And I mean, when you're talking five bucks an acre, it's it's just not much. You need one bushel of corn. Uh, so we were gaining much more than one bushel of corn. We could throw it in with the herbicide. And for us, that worked well. We're in a pretty dry environment here. So in many years, a tassel application of fungicide just doesn't pay because we have no rain then and we don't have any real disease issues uh, like in a big way that late in the season. Keep in mind, again, we're in South Dakota, dry land, and it's whole different than some of these other states where, let's say you're in Iowa or Illinois and you've been spraying at tassel time and getting 20 or 30 bushel yield gains. The only time we see that is in the really wet years. It would take about double normal rainfall for us to get to where you might be at in Iowa or Illinois with what you would call normal rainfall. Anyway, so we started doing this V4, V5 kind of timing. We actually prefer a little bit later now, maybe V8 or something like that. And I guess I'd just say if you want to mix it with the herbicide, you absolutely can. Most fungicides are labeled to go with a herbicide regardless of the crop. So you look at what herbicide is labeled for your crop. There are a lot of fungicides that could go along with that. And I guess my point here was, if you can mix it with the herbicide, that's great because you now save a trip. So for us now, we, we I just told you, we kind of like V8 a little bit better, but the problem there is now I have to have a lot more yield gain because I have to make a separate trip. I want to spray my, my herbicide by V4, let's call it, V5. So 
if I throw the fungicide in, then fine. Uh, you, you saved a trip. So I, I'm just trying to say here, if you're not convinced on any of these things, I'd start with, hey, let's just try a low rate with the herbicide, see if I get some response. You can also try some things later on and just try stuff. See if it works on your farm. So try it on multiple hybrids, try it in multiple fields, try it in multiple years and just see. Back 20 years ago, almost nobody was using a fungicide in corn. But look at what's happened now with yield potential. And even I, I look at the humidity levels. So right now here in our state, pretty dry, pretty dry air. And we get this quite commonly in late May and early June. But once we start getting into late June, and especially July and August, July and August, the last few years in our area, and I just told you we're dry land. We don't get a lot of rain. We've been more humid than Miami, Florida in July and August. I think a lot of that has to do with the crops that we're raising. Walk into a cornfield sometime, and we're not raising 100 bushel corn anymore. We're raising 250 bushel corn with 30,000, 35,000 population. You walk in that field, oh my goodness, you about die because it's so hot and humid in that crop canopy. So anyway, when we have those kind of conditions, we have lots of humidity, we've got a thick canopy, we're more ripe I mean, that, that the conditions are more ripe to have disease. So just all things for you to think about. But again, we'll talk throughout the show today about these early season corn fungicides. And again, if you get a question, just call us here, 844-44-AG-PHD. Right now, let's get to the Ag PhD mailbag. It's the mailbag! Okay, this comes from Keith in Texas. He said, guys, what do you recommend to control Italian ryegrass? We have it pretty bad this year in our wheat, and we were wondering what we could do for next year so we do a better plan. I'd read about Zidua. I heard that was really good, but concerned it could be potentially harmful to the wheat. Also, Axial Bold seems to be a good match for help in the spring. What are your thoughts? Well, Italian ryegrass is kind of difficult to control. So... We really do like that Zidua component. Now, you can buy it either as straight Zidua or FMC has Anthem Flex. It's got the same active ingredient that's in Zidua in there. And then they also have AIM as a burn down PPO along with that. So either way you go, the timing on that is after you've seeded the wheat, after the wheat is germinated, and after the shoot on that, that plant is, is heading upward. So you can spray then. So in other words, late, pre, or very early post. Either way is fine. As long as you do that, I'm not worried about the wheat. And then post-emerge, sure, Axio Bold is fine. Keep in mind that's a, that's a combination of the old Puma and Axial herbicides. So they were both and are both ACCase products. So by doing this, you've now got Zidua Group 15, or that active ingredient, ACCA's post-emerge, there's always ALS to try to rescue too. So there are three different modes of action for grass control and none are perfect, but all can help on Italian ryegrass. Stay tuned. This is Mike. Hey. He's getting a quick haircut at the local barber school. It's only five bucks. How bad can it? Oh! Yikes. Don't be like Mike when it comes to weed control. Get the job done right the first time and plan ahead with Status Herbicide. It delivers elite corn safety and reliable performance, so you don't have to deal with more problems than you bargained for. No, 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 no! Status Herbicide from BASF. Always read and follow label directions. 
Back with multi-year proven results, Torque drives performance. Unique to other biologicals, Torque can be applied with other chemistries. Use in furrow or side dress to increase mycorrhizal associations, enhancing root development. Learn more about Torque at thinkbiological.com or contact your local retailer and ask for Torque today. Novozymes BioAg, Think Biological. At Ag PhD, we're always looking for ways to support the ag industry. That's why at our free Ag PhD Scouting and Scholarships event, we're giving away more than 100 college scholarships. Plus, we'll head out into the field for hands-on agronomy sessions, including our comprehensive guide to crop scouting. This day may be geared towards younger farmers, but whether you're a college student or just want good agronomy info, this is one event you won't want to miss. Learn more and register for the Ag PhD Scouting and Scholarships event at agphd.com. When it comes to cereal disease protection, Prosaro Pro 400 SC fungicide from Bayer makes all the difference. With three effective active ingredients for overlapping control of foliar and head diseases and a flexible application window for head scab, it's formulated to lower dawn, protect yield potential, and promote superior grain quality. Prosaro Pro, the future of plant health starts here. Visit prosaropro.com to learn more. Always read and follow grain marketing and all other stewardship practices and pesticide label directions. Back, you're listening to Ag PhD Radio, broadcasting from the Morton studio today and talking about early corn fungicide use. We're also taking your calls and agronomic questions at 844-44-AG-PHD, or you can email us radio at agphd.com. Start off with Adam Byrne with FMC to talk a little bit about corn fungicides here. How are you doing, Adam? Good. How are you guys today? Well, I'm good. We've got the crop in the ground, so that's that's awesome. I know not everybody can say that just yet, but it won't be long, and, and we'll have all the corn crop in, and, and everybody will be thinking about, okay, what do I do next to manage it? And one of the first conversations gets to be, okay, I'm going out with a herbicide. Can I put a fungicide with it? What should I be looking at? What are some of the considerations around that? So that's what I wanted to talk about today. So first of all, uh, if we're going to mix something in with that herbicide pass, what's the right timing to do that? Well, I mean, obviously everybody's, you know, system is a little bit different, but, you know, that's a free pass opportunity for a fungicide. If you feel like your, your, your field's at risk or you think you're going to benefit from that, it's probably not a system that's for everybody. Um, but, you know, if you're applying your herbicides anywhere from V4 to V7, that's a, you know, a, a good opportunity um, to mix those fungicides in, especially if you're in, you know, in some high-risk situations where you're maybe on corn-on-corn, or maybe no-till where you have a heavy residue load, some of those conditions, or it's been wet maybe, um, that would harbor or encourage some early disease development. When, when we look at the products that we're choosing from and then also the size of the crop, and a lot of folks that raise wheat are pretty familiar with this concept. We've got a smaller plant. We don't need quite as big a dose. We can go with a little bit lower rate here when we get out there for early plants and uh, trying to control diseases early in the season and focus on plant health, those kinds of things. So uh, half rate, Adam, do you have kind of a guideline for, for V4 to V7 corn? Well, you certainly could, could target the lower use rates for the products you're choosing. Um, you know, you still have to stay within that labeled range. Uh, but, you know, rather than being at the high end, I think you could, could target some of the lower use rates. And I would be, you know, thinking about something that has 
uh, s- systemic activity, something with like uh, a food trifle product like Top Guard or something that would move into the plant because you're really in a preventative application mode at this point because you're in there probably before you're seeing disease symptomology. So if you're just doing something that's a uh, surface, you know, hanging on the surface and not uh, persisting long term, then you may not get the benefit out of it as much as you would something that's going to move into the plant and be there a little bit longer. You know, that that length of control and movement through the plant is pretty important. And a lot of times folks say, well, what's the difference between these fungicides? Are they all the same or, or are there some major differences? Certainly we, we look at the different modes of action, but even within those modes, you mentioned TopGuard as a triazole. There have been triazoles out for a long time, and this is significantly different than what we see out of the old propiconazole. Yeah, and, you know, not all triazoles are, are the same. You know, there's different... Um, mobility factors across the, the group and there's different, you know, length of, you know, residual activity or, you know, how long they last in the system. So, you know, choosing one that, you know, food tripod is one of the kind of, I would say, poster childs for length of activity and, and hanging around, um, that that's going to give you longer control than some of the others. Or, you know, some of the others may not move through the plant as readily. Um, so those are considerations to take into account on these early applications because you like say you you want to protect those those that plant and those lower canopy leaves for as long as you can and then you know this is not going to be you know a season-long control application this is going to give you a a better start to the season it's going to give you some early app you know maybe healthier greener plants maybe promote some stalk strength but you know you're probably in a heavy disease situation not going to make it to the season with one of these early applications no, that's for sure. You're going to need to come back again later on, especially if you've got tar spot or gray leaf spot or some of these tough diseases that often show up much much later in the season. Uh, we, we do like exactly. that flutriophal active that's in top guard. What's the difference, just to talk about another FMC product then, what's the difference moving up to Lucento? You're adding in that SDHI component. Do you like that at this early timing or do you want to save that for later? I think I would save that for later because it's really the flu triathlon, in my opinion, that's going to move through the plant and linger the longest. Um, and, you know, the, the the point of this early application, you need that return on investment. So you, you want to make sure you get a benefit. And if you put some of the more expensive products up front, you might not get that same return. Uh, you're, you're definitely saving in an application pass by partnering with a, a herbicide application. But I still think I would save some of the multiple mode of action, bigger hitters for when the disease um, pathogens are actually out there and where, where those would be a little more effective. Excellent discussion here, talking with Adam Byrne with FMC about early corn fungicide use. Adam, thank you so much. We really appreciate having you on. Look forward to talking to you again down the road. Hey, thanks for having me. Have a great day. You too. Got Jed with us right now up in Michigan. Got some soybeans in the ground, Jed. What, what's happening up your way? Well, soybeans are 100%, and we're planting our last field of corn right now. Excellent, excellent. Okay, uh, I understand you get a question on the soybean herbicides. Well, it would apply to both corn and soybeans. It hasn't rained in 10 days, and uh, we don't have any rain on the 10-day forecast. So we came from the second wettest winter into the second driest May in Michigan history. So every single sprayer is around me is parked. 
So I think all the pre-emerge is going to stay in the barn, and we better change up our plans a little bit. Well, Jed, we're in the exact same situation you are here on our farm anyway in South Dakota. Super wet uh, winter, second most snowfall ever, and now May has been on the dry side here. Here's the good news with pre-emerge herbicides. If they don't work today, for the most part, they're going to work when the rain does come. So it's just you want to try to keep that field as weed-free as possible all throughout the season. So we're not going to encourage people to go away from pre's. We're still huge believers in them, even under these conditions right now. And what I often tell guys, even our guys on our own farm, I go, guys, you you may say, well, there's no rain in the forecast for next week. Uh, My wife's uncle is a trainer for the National Weather Service, and he tells me once they get out to seven days, it's a 50-50. In other words, they're guessing. Seriously. They have no clue once they're out seven days. So next week could be the wettest week that we've ever seen in history. It could be the driest. We have no idea, and nor do they. So I don't put a lot of stock in any of that. I just figure, hey, sooner or later it's going to rain. We haven't had rain in two weeks. We're, we're bound to get some rain soon. Now, the thing is, we're late in May, and things are warm. And I'm sure things are warm for you right now, too. So that yep. means that the weeds are going to be coming. So we got to think about that and say, all right, if we're going to use the pre, that means definitely we need something that's going to burn down today and give us at least a little bit of residual, even without a whole lot of rain. So that's where I start thinking about uh, 2,4-D in our enlist crops or uh, dicamba in the extend crops, because those will kill some weeds, even if we don't, in the soil, even if we don't have any moisture there, not for long, but for a few days. And that may be all we need. So it's something with burn down and quick residual that's at the soil surface. I'm interested in that. But as far as like the group 15s and some of these products, you know, harness, surpass, outlook, dual, residual, warrant, any of those things, yeah, they're not going to do you any good until you're getting at least a half an inch, if not an inch of rain. Okay, so don't panic is what you're telling me. <laughs> That's a lesson we've learned for, uh, we learned a long time ago. Don't panic because things can change in a heartbeat. So no, we're still like on our own farm. We're still doing pre's. And I mean, it's just, we got to think a little different. And now that things are getting late, we might throw some other stuff in there, change it up a little bit. We, we just don't want to go away from residuals because even if it doesn't give us residual today, it's going to give us residual maybe next week or the week after. We'll get our money's worth out of it sooner or later. Gotcha. And, Thanks, guys. Sure appreciate it. Yep, you bet. Thanks for calling in, Jed. Appreciate it. And yeah, the other thing that uh, that we always say is, okay, if you never get rain, sure, the herbicide, that residual herbicide is not going to work. But if it's never going to rain, uh, we get a lot more problems than, uh, than our residual herbicide not working. So we're big believers in uh, a little prayer, and uh, I think things are going to even out over time here. So... And I think things did kind of even out. We had all this moisture over the winter. Well, now we're a little dry in the spring. Now we're back to almost average. So it's usually about the way it goes. And I would say we've had almost three years of drought prior to this winter, uh, two and a half years. Um, Chances are this summer is not going to be as dry as last summer. It's interesting, though, when you look at some countries that heavily regulate agriculture where where they want your plan in advance, oftentimes we have to make adjustments along the way. Definitely. We'll talk more about corn fungicides right after this. My mom's got a new Case IH tractor, and it can do it all. Bail hay all day. See in the dark with its powerful LED lights. Hook up all the implements. Shift like a race car? Steer with ease. 
And it can also cool my juice box. Yeah, her Case IH tractor can do everything she needs it to. Looking for a tractor that can do it all? Check out CaseIH.com. When we told growers that New Bear Premium Trivolt Herbicide for corn delivers visibly clean fields for up to eight weeks, they were a bit skeptical. Um, we'll see how it works. So we decided to prove it. We set up cameras in multiple cornfields, treated them with Trivolt, and filmed for 24 hours a day. For eight weeks, we saw a variety of weather conditions, and Trivolt worked. See for yourself at TrivoltInAction.com. Trivolt is a restricted-use pesticide. Consult your state pesticide regulator for specific restrictions. Read and follow pesticide label directions. Nothing but net. Win your soybean season with the fast knockdown and lasting broad-spectrum control of Elevest Insect Control from FMC. Take on army worms, stink bugs, soybean loopers, and more with the maximized ratio of premier active ingredients for better overall control of more than 40 labeled pests. Visit your FMC retailer or elevest.ag.fmc.com to up your game this season. Always read and follow all label directions. You won't want to miss this year's Ag PhD Field Day with guided tours of our extensive research plots, world premieres of the latest ag technologies, the highest yielding farmers on the planet, and more equipment running than ever before. The Ag PhD Field Day just keeps getting bigger and better. We'll also have great family entertainment, including a kid's area, music, fantastic guest speakers, and food and drink available all throughout the day. But the best part is everything's free. Go to agphd.com to learn more for the Ag PhD Field Day, Thursday, July 27th. Get more durability for less downtime with Soil Warrior Strip Tillage from Environmental Tillage Systems. Improve fertilizer efficiency and reduce passes and fuel usage. Now that's ROI. Learn more about ETS at SoilWarrior.com. Get an extra semi-load out of your grain bin. The end zone from Farm Shop MFG can increase your stored beans moisture from 10 to 13%. On a 20,000 bushel bin, that's a free extra semi-load. Visit FarmShopMFG.com for more. It takes balance to be successful in farming because what you get out of it depends on what you put in. And Corteva AgriScience gets that. Introducing Nutricia and Nutrient Efficiency Optimizer, a biological product that naturally captures nitrogen from the air. It's a sustainable way to add balance to your traditional nitrogen methods and maximize your yield potential. Embrace a balanced approach to nitrogen management this season by visiting Corteva.us. listening to Ag PhD Radio, broadcasting from the Morton studio today. And our topic is early corn fungicide use. If you have an agronomic question we can help you with, our phone lines are open at 844-44-AG-PHD, or you can always email us, radio at agphd.com. We've got Mike Wingrove with us right now with the Extreme Ag Group. Mike, how you doing? Good, how are you? We are doing well, but we're gearing up to get out and spray some some early corn fungicides on our farm. We got some weeds that are popping up out in the field, Mike. What are you seeing out in fields right now? Uh, yeah, we, there's quite a few uh, grass broadleaves coming. You know, our corns that V two, V three, so I'm starting to get prepared for post spraying chemical and um, got, got got good heat coming, so everything's starting to grow fast corn, beans, and, and weeds. 
Yeah, yeah, no doubt about that. We love getting the heat and the sunshine. That's that's good this time of year to get things moving along. Now, when we think about that first pass through the field, a lot of times that the herbicide guys are, are throwing in some fungicide now and often uh, a lower rate and the odds of a return on investment are pretty good when you get a free pass and, and you don't have a huge expense on those products. What have you seen out of those early fungicides? Are, are you big on that? Do you like waiting just a little bit before you do it? Uh, what's your opinion? I believe um, it, it's kind of case by case, um, depending on the hybrid that guys plant, how susceptible they are to diseases. Um, if they're, you know, rotated, the corn on corn tillage. Um, I guess there's a lot of different factors to, to decide if I'm a believer or not in it. Um, but I do believe, you know, if you put it out there, you're gonna have you're gonna have a healthier, younger plant. Um, it'll stay greener. And in and, and return, you're hoping that it, it will improve your yield results. Um, I, I would probably still recommend doing that later season pass just for the, for the different diseases that come in later. Um, this early pass, you'll get, you'll get a couple weeks of residual, but by the time we get to that brown silk, we'll want to add another application as well. Yeah, a lot more leaves to come out between now and then, no doubt about that. And you mentioned a few of the real key differentiators from one field to the next. Why do we see more response in some fields compared to others? Corn on corn is a big one, and I know our farm is is a good example of that. We've got some corn on corn acres that we definitely think about these things, that there's there's more chance for bugs, more chance for disease, um, especially where we've got some residue out there. Uh, when you look at those the hybrid susceptibility, that, that kind of comes down to just placing the right hybrid in the right field, too. Yes, um, you like obviously want to. Obviously, every farmer knows what their tillage practices are, and when they're placing their seed order in the fall or early spring, they can place that right hybrid on the right farm, and and then they can attack their um, fungicide, insecticide, herbicide program going forward from there. You know, it's in terms of additives with fungicide use. Now, this early timing is quite a bit different than if you get towards tassel. Uh, you got to be kind of careful about additives that you put in. What do you like to use? Do you like to use surfactants? Do you like to use fulvic acid? Do you, do you have some other special recipe you like to put in with corn fungicides? I like to use fulvic acid. I think it helps get it into the plant. Um, surfactants, you know, like you said, you got to be careful with we're starting to determine ears on that V six seven. You don't want to. I guess you gotta you gotta pay attention to to your crop stage when you're getting up closer to that V seven, so you don't um, have a negative effect on it when you're going out and trying to put a fungicide, thinking you're doing the right thing, and if you add the wrong surfactant at the wrong time, you could have a negative effect. Yeah, I agree. I, I think all these things we're doing are trying to help the crop, and the, the most important thing is I don't want to go backwards. I don't want to do anything wrong that's going to hurt things. Uh, and we're getting advice here and, and talking with Mike Wingrove. He's with the Extreme Ag Group. Mike, thank you so much. I know it's only V2, V3 corn now, but it won't be long, and it'll be much bigger. So thanks for sharing a little bit with us, and good luck to you. Thank you. Good. Kim Tudor with us right now with BASF. All right, Kim. Uh I know the plant health discussion is, is generally a big one at this time of year, more so than, than diseases, I would say. Is that a fair statement? 
Well, I would say, first of all, hello, how are you? <laughs> Thanks for having me. Um, I would say, generally speaking, uh, you know, diseases and plant health are, are always top of mind, right? You know, depending on the year, depending on the season, we know that crops are going to experience all different kinds of stress. We just never know what that stress may be. That's exactly right. You don't know, is it drought? Is it heat? Uh, what what it's going to be for sure. And the other thing I think about too, uh, there's there's a lot of guys planting high populations. There's a lot of narrow row spacings that get used out there, and that corn canopy happens pretty quickly. And uh, a lot of times, this is our this is a great chance, this early season application, to cover the entire plant to protect even those lower leaves and try and get that plant off to a good start. Absolutely. Uh, you know, our portfolio, we're always looking to help farmers get the most from every acre, you know, by providing both disease control, uh, there's additional plant health benefits, um, like you mentioned, the environmental stress tolerance, um, improved growth efficiency, and also yield protection. Um, you know, I would say from from our perspective, if you're looking to go out from that kind of er that earlier timing, I, I know the, the grower you just had on mentioned kind of that V4 to V8 timing uh, products like Preaxor um, fungicide that will provide those plant health benefits. But our latest corn fungicide innovation is Veltima fungicide, which I'm sure you're familiar with. Uh, and the nice thing about Veltima is you do have that extended application window. So most fungicide applications, if we're talking about the best bang for your buck return on investment, are really going to happen during that kind of VT to R2 or R3 time frame. That's based on the data that we have seen. Um, but the nice thing about Veltima is those applications can start as early as V10. Um, so you have that flexibility if you're fighting against weather or you're trying to schedule applications, um, a lot of flexibility with that product as well as um, the Revisol component in it, which provides a lot of that uh, really incredible long-lasting residual control and plant health benefits. Yeah, I like to have some residual out of this because we aren't going to be out there every week doing applications. And, and you know, if we do a nice job with coverage, too, that really helps. It's one of the things that I see, guys, that say, well, I've had inconsistent results. It's a whole lot different spraying this than it is spraying Ingenia or a Dicamba product or, or a 2,4-D product like that because we've got to have kind of a smaller to medium droplet and fantastic coverage. What do you recommend on that, Kim? I, I know I've heard a lot of times folks talk about, well, I'm really concerned about water volume. To me, I'm concerned about what that spray droplet size is going to be. What do you think is most important? Sure. Well, droplet droplet size is important. Um, I also uh, heard on the on the the previous segment, the, the grower you were speaking with, well, you know, what else do you want to add to the tank? You know, a lot of people, uh, when you start to get to that um, tassel timing, want to add in adjuvants that will help with coverage and penetration, um, which is certainly fine to do. We just encourage you to refer back to those uh, adjuvant manufacturers' labels to follow those best use directions there. Um, but really with a product like Veltima, again, with that Revisol component, uh, we know that we have fast plant uptake um, and quick rain fastness as well. So it's taken up by that plant uh, really quickly. You don't have to worry so much um, about pop-up rain showers. Uh, it's going to get inside that plant quickly and start doing what it needs to do in protecting that plant. 
Well, it's certainly a lot that goes into making these corn fungicide choices. Today we're talking about some of the earlier season things, but uh, Kim will have to have you back on to talk about tar spot and some of the, the later season events uh, coming up, which is probably going to feel like tomorrow, but <laughs> we've got a few weeks at least before we get talking about that. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thanks, Kim. We really appreciate it. Have uh, Have a great spring. Thanks. You too. Brian, when we look at putting these fungicides out, I think we've heard it a couple times already. It's generally not going out by itself. It's going out with a herbicide, going out with something else, getting a free ride in the tank. Right. That's the whole thing. We talked about that right off the bat with the show today. If you can save yourself a trip, it's a fair amount of dollars anymore. And just the time savings is so huge. So anyway, it's definitely something for you to consider. If you haven't done an early application of fungicide and corn, we encourage you to give it a try. We've done it for many years in our farm. Works pretty well, but you have to see how it does on your farm. Stay tuned. Be right back. Morton Buildings has served the American farmer for more than 120 years. From manufacturing our own building components to constructing your building, Morton takes pride in being the industry leader in post-frame construction by providing a quality building and exceptional customer service. A Morton is built to last for generations. To get started on your next project, please visit mortonbuildings.com. Hi, I'm Greg Souter with 360 Yield Center. Getting more nitrates into the corn plant drives yields higher. When and where you place your nitrogen makes a big difference in packing nitrates into the air. 360 Y-Drop places in right over the roots. It's the most efficient way to move nitrates into the plant for better tip fill and heavier kernels. Convert your side dress bar to 360 Y-Drop. Learn more at 360yieldcenter.com. What does it really mean to provide the best crop nutrition? With AgroLiquid, you're getting a one-of-a-kind approach, one that caters to your specific agronomic needs. You're getting a crop nutrition plan that maximizes your fertilizer applications from every drop, all while accounting for your management practices and the products you're already using. But it's not just a product. It's peace of mind, knowing we've thought of everything. That's the AgroLiquid way. Apply less, expect more. Find a retailer at agroliquid.com. At Ag PhD, we're always looking for ways to support the ag industry. That's why at our free Ag PhD Scouting and Scholarships event, we're giving away more than 100 college scholarships. Plus, we'll head out into the field for hands-on agronomy sessions, including our comprehensive guide to crop scouting. This day may be geared towards younger farmers, but whether you're a college student or just want good agronomy info, this is one event you won't want to miss. Learn more and register for the Ag PhD Scouting and Scholarships event at agphd.com. This season, get medieval on Rhizoctonia with the powerful protection of Excalia fungicide from Valent USA. Here to shield your sugar beets from the treachery of Rhizoctonia, Excalia delivers excellent staying power, keeping your sugar beets from being conquered. Stay one step ahead of Rhizoctonia with the powerful protection of Excalia. Ask your retailer or visit valent.com slash Excalia to learn more. Always read and follow label instructions. The hardworking, independent spirit of rural America can often be isolating. It's not often discussed, but mental health issues are real. Now's the time to lead by example, talk openly, and show that a strong mind is just as important as a strong body. FMC is proud to be working toward ending the misconceptions around mental health. Through awareness, guidance, and action, together we can uproot the stigma. 
talking corn fungicide use, especially early in the season on today's Ag PhD radio show. And we're taking your calls and agronomic questions, too, at 844-44-AG-PHD. All right, it seems a little early up here, but maybe not for Travis Gustafson with Syngenta down in Nebraska. Maybe it's maybe it feels like it's more mid-season down there. I'm not sure, Travis. You guys got going pretty early. Yeah, we did get going pretty early, but we're a little bit behind on GDU, so um, I, I wouldn't say we're ahead of the curve here on growth stages, but we are uh, moving along pretty quickly. Are you starting to see some guys out in the field yet, or is that maybe coming up next week? Um, definitely right now we are um, kind of well in. It depends on the, the area, but uh, the post applications on herbicides are, are moving right along. Um, we're starting to get into some of those V3, V4 growth stages um, that are, are starting to be critical for that ear development as we move in later into the season. Great point. When we look at crop growth and development, and this is something we, we get a lot of calls from farmers asking about this. Hey, I, I don't really understand all these corn stages super well and what's going on inside the plant as much. When we talk about V3, V4 corn, we're talking about three or four leaves that, that have fully developed leaves with leaf collars on them. And as as we're looking at the plant, you're probably seeing five or six leaves on that plant at that point. Uh, so, Travis, you mentioned ear development is already starting, and we want to be really cautious about what we're doing on those plants, and we want to do everything we can to help them and keep them healthy. So does does corn fungicide fit into the equation at this point, or do we want to wait a little bit? Yeah, definitely. Uh, when we get into that V4, especially the V4 growth stage, all the way through the V8, so you have eight fully developed leaves. That's when the corn plant is really determining how many rows around it's going to put on that on that ear. So if we stress the crop at all during that time frame, uh, we could run into some yield reductions. So uh, preventing stress right now, uh, putting a fungicide on to help with water use efficiency, nitrogen use efficiency, um, some getting uh, some growth factors moving right along helps us build a healthier plant and it keeps that uh, ear size large so that you know if we have a perfect uh, end of the season we'll fill that ear out really well. You mentioned stress prevention and that's really our job as farmers once we have that crop planted we're just trying to make every day a great day for that crop. Uh, lots of different stresses out there, some of them being some tough diseases. When when we look at some of the tougher corn diseases, do you see much at this time of year? Are there some infections happening that maybe will flare up later in the year? What should we know about diseases at this point? Uh, yeah, this time of year, I'm not as concerned about diseases, at least in my geography, but if we get the right conditions, we can get some early gray leaf spot or some of those residue-borne diseases. Um, and then if we can, you know, hit those diseases a little bit earlier, they won't flare up quite as as high on the corn plant by the time we get into the ear leaf development um, later on in the season. And then we can, it's easier to control those diseases later in the season with another fungicide application if we uh, have a good base fungicide early in the season, kind of keeping that disease uh, contained in the lower canopy. 
I know in our previous discussions, you've always talked about using multiple modes of action whenever you can. Uh, you certainly have some, some really nice multiple mode of action fungicides. Which ones do you like to see out there at this time of year? And are there any that you want to save until later for sure? Well, it kind of depends on your geography. In my geography, I'm going to recommend Miravis Neo early uh, because it's got a couple of really good plant health um, ingredients in it. It's got, you know, Miravis Neo has three modes of action. All of them control diseases, but two of those diseases or two of those active ingredients will give us some great plant health benefits. So I'm going to put that Miravis Neo on early in the vegetative stages, and then I'll save my Trivapro for later in the season if I'm going to uh, get some southern rust or something blow up from the south. If I don't have to worry about southern rust and I'm more worried about tar spot later on, um, then I could do two shots of Miravis Neo. Um, it, it just depends on your geography, what disease pressure you're uh, going to be facing as you move through the season. That's a good point. It's a little bit different depending on what you're going after. And a lot of times we, I, I like to think about fungicides kind of like herbicides. You don't use, well, what do you spray for this particular weed? Well, you've got some herbicides that work better than others. It's the same with diseases and corn fungicides. And we've seen Miravis Neo be a little bit better on tar spot. So I, I agree with you on that one. I think that would be a better choice in those spots. Uh, but then again, uh, Trivapro's got a totally different SDHI in it. And we, we do see some differences out of that. That's why I asked the question. So, yeah, with these modes of action, I think it, it's pretty neat. Now, are there any, like in wheat, we're trying to avoid certain things at certain timings, but here in corn, it, it really feels like the best best uh, thing we can do is go with all modes of action anytime yep. we can. Yep, exactly. Yeah, we're with fungicides, the unique thing about fungicides is that we're looking for plant health benefits. Um, you know, especially in my current circumstances, we're pretty dry right now and, and pivots are going around two or three times already, which is really unusual. So if we can prevent some water loss or keep that water stress down, save a little bit of water because water's not free, um, that can also help us uh, later on in the season as, as we get into a more stressful time of year. So, yeah, fungicides, great for plant health and, you know, disease control is is also fundamental to their uh, capabilities as well. Well, if your crop isn't under stress yet, it's going to be. We know the stress is coming. We're talking with Travis Gustafson here with Syngenta about stress prevention and the use of fungicides early in corn. Travis, thank you so much. We really appreciate you on, and hopefully for everybody in Nebraska, you guys catch some rain soon. Thanks a lot. All right, so just to wrap things up with this fungicide discussion, I guess I'd just say if you want to give this a try, go for it. Uh, like I said earlier a couple of times, we have done this many times in the past. Uh, it works pretty well. And, you know, when you got a strabiliarin fungicide in there too, you do get some plant health benefits. And we actually have seen where the canopy is a little cooler. We've got these FLIR cameras. It's pretty neat. So you can measure temperature. And after spraying with a strabiliarin fungicide, it's a little bit cooler out there. Now, I'm not going to say at all hours of the day, but in the heat of the day when you need it most, because that gets to be one of the problems sometimes is it gets so darn hot. Well, if the canopy is a little bit cooler, that's a big thing. And then in addition, the, the other plant health benefits you see out of the strabiliarin fungicides is you're going to have more antioxidants in the plant and you're going to have reduced ethylene. And ethylene basically tells the plant to finish. So you try to keep the plant alive a little bit longer. Anyway, it might not be super crazy noticeable. You're not going to 
probably see a difference when you're driving 60 miles an hour past the field. But at the end of the season, all we need is a little tiny bit of gain and we had enough to pay for that fungicide there. So it's one of the things that we started experimenting with many years ago. And I'm glad that we did because we found some stuff that worked for us. And so that's why I just encourage you at least give it a try. The other thing is with fungicides, and especially when you start throwing stuff in a mix, because now we might have, let's say, two, three, four, five things in that tank. So pay attention just a little bit to the adjuvants. The fungicides may slightly heat up your herbicide, so you might actually get a little bit of kill. You might also see just a slight amount of leaf response on the crop. It's very minor, so nothing to get too worried about. But we were just talking about that this morning on our oats. So we're going to spray, uh, well, I'll just tell you, Buctril, or the generic, and a fungicide. We're going to use Preaxor on our oats. Okay, so I've got two things in there. That's it. Nothing major. But I just said, all right, new tech CDA is what we usually throw with all our fungicides. We've seen better results with that. But I said, "Mm, it's hot. We've got buctrol in there already. And it's early in the season, so the crop has very little of the the wax that develops, the the thick wax that, that ends up getting on the cuticles. And the the reason why I'm bringing this up is if, if if there's less or almost no wax on the leaf, well, now everything goes into that plant super fast. So you are more likely to see a crop response at this time of year than you are after, let's call it a month of hot, dry weather when you have lots of wax on that, that cuticle. So we're talking about throwing in some plant growth hormones instead of the Nutex. Nutex has got a little bit of zinc in there that adds a little bit of... Uh, leaf response sometimes not much but a little so anyway we change the adjuvants just a little bit depending on the situation depending on the tag mix all right we'll get to the ag phd mailbag next at corteva agriscience we want to keep farms healthy and productive today and tomorrow that's why we're investing in a robust pipeline of naturally derived biologicals meet nutrition and nutrient efficiency optimizer It's a sustainable nitrogen fixation product that facilitates crop growth and optimizes yield potential. With the fluctuation in fertilizer prices, Utrisha N is a reliable solution. It can be used alongside your traditional nitrogen program to enhance your ROI this year. For more information, visit Corteva.us. You understand there are ways to boost your yield, but can you do it while reducing your inputs? With Plant Insights, powered by Prospera, you can. With center pivot mounted cameras to monitor crop health, Plant Insights captures thousands of leaf level images with each pivot rotation. Growers receive reports to mitigate issues like pests, weeds, emergence, disease, and more. Put inputs where they matter most. Contact your local Valley dealer today or visit agtechonthefarm.com. Are you ready? We got the need, the need for seed treatment. Start your engines. Ready, set, Intego! Start your season strong with Intego Sweet Soybeans, Intego Fungicide Soybeans, and Intego Sweet Cereals OF from Valent USA. Ask your Valent rep about seed treatment solutions or visit valent.com slash Intego. Always read and follow label instructions. 
You won't want to miss this year's Ag PhD Field Day with guided tours of our extensive research plots, world premieres of the latest ag technologies, the highest yielding farmers on the planet, and more equipment running than ever before. The Ag PhD Field Day just keeps getting bigger and better. We'll also have great family entertainment, including a kids' area, music, fantastic guest speakers, and food and drink available all throughout the day. But the best part is everything's free. Go to agphd.com to learn more for the Ag PhD Field Day, Thursday, July 27th. Get uniform control in your fields with trusted, hardworking Lucento fungicide. Control the toughest diseases with a dual mode of action fungicide that consistently outperforms the competition and field trials. Lucento fungicide from FMC works overtime for lasting control to help improve crop yields. Talk about getting the job done. Visit your FMC retailer or lucento.ag.fmc.com for hardworking control in your fields. Always read and follow all legal directions. CNB, your local John Deere dealer, is committed to helping you in the field. The CNB Support Center brings you machine monitoring, remote diagnostics, and guidance from expert technology specialists all season long. Learn more about what the CNB Support Center can do for you at DeerEquipment.com. From machine storage buildings and farm shops to dependable buildings to house your livestock, regardless of building size or use, Morton has a building for every budget. To learn how we can help you expand your farm operation, visit MortonBuildings.com. Welcome back. You're listening to Ag PhD Radio. We've reached the Ag PhD mailbag time where we take your calls and agronomic questions for the rest of the show at 844-44-AG-PHD or by email radio at agphd.com. All right, Brian, I get this one in from Dave and I showed you the picture and you're like, oh yeah. He said, so, okay. guys, I had these weeds. They started as a small patch, but they keep spreading. I'm in Midwest Wisconsin. I've got soybeans out there this year, and I'm going to corn next year. What can I do to kill this stuff? Okay, so I looked at it just first glance, and I said, scouring rush. And Darren said? Well, it's it's <laughs> it's not mare's tail, so don't, don't think it's mare's tail. But uh, a lot of times I'd call that field horsetail. So it looks like those okay. little tubes with lots of little sections to the tubes, but sometimes you see them in clumps versus individual tubes. So whatever. Either way, they're about the same type of weed. These are a little thinner. Uh, they don't have hairs on them, and they stick straight up. So it's really oh. difficult to stick herbicide to them. Okay, so let's put it this way. In life, I have found if we keep things simple, it's it, it, I, there, you have less stress and everybody is on the same page a, a lot more quickly. And so just like how everybody in the world pretty much is going to tell you water hemp and palmer pigweed are different plants, I view them as exactly the same because the control methods are the same. The, 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 their identification is almost identical, everything else. I, I'm just saying I don't really view them as different. I understand scientifically apparently they're different, but honestly I just tell people water hemp, palmer pigweed, all same thing, just like scouring rush and field horsetail. It's basically the same thing. So here, here's the problem with it. It's a perennial, and because it doesn't have leaves like a normal plant, you can't just stick herbicide on there very easily. So I have time today, so I'll tell my quick story. This is when I was a kid, and my dad was an agronomist, and he was working with a railroad company. And they kept coming in to get 
and saying, okay, well, what can we try? What can we try now on this particular weed that we've got? And they tried high rates of Roundup, high rates of atrazine, high rates of 2,4-D. Nothing was working. And anyway, I just remember they came in one time and I was around and I'm like, um, hey, dad, what's the deal? Uh, who cares? It's the railroad. Why do they need to kill the weeds? And he goes, well, here's the thing. If this scouring rush or field horsetail is on the train tracks, they can't stop the trains. <laughs> I go, oh, okay, well, that, I guess, would be important. So anyway, what they found eventually was gramoxone. That's the only thing they found that would kill it. So that's what we're going to tell you. Paraquat or gramoxone is the only thing we know of that will kill it. However, we also like to always talk about the cultural practices you can use to get rid of this weed or any weed. This is a perennial that loves it when it's wet. And I, I appreciated the picture that got sent in because in the background, you know what I saw? A little pond. There's poor drainage there. That's the reason why you have the field horsetail or scouring rush, whatever it is. Uh, that's why you have that weed there. So if it's me, I'm putting tile in, running it to that little pond, and I'm going to make sure that I keep my water table down. Then I may go to narrow rows there, or I may increase my planting population. I'm going to fertilize really well. I'm going to, I'm going to soil test just in that spot. It looks like only a half acre. I might do a soil test point right there, right in the middle of how bad is it? Let's figure out everything we need to do. And I'm going to pour the coals to it. So I raise 300 bushel corn right in that spot or hundred bushel beans. Now we may not hit those levels, but my point is we want to choke that weed out with amazing crop. So the cultural practice is improve the drainage, fertilize well, go to narrow rows, plant a higher population, and let's choke that weed out also. And then before and after the season, you spray with germoxone. You do this over the next two, three, four years, and that, that weed issue is pretty much going to go away. All right. Thanks for the question, Dave. We appreciate that. Uh, this one came in from Scott, and he said, guys, I got an idea for you of a new segment you could do on Ag PhD radio or TV. You could call it Mythbusters and throw out a bunch of the different myths. Like, I'll give you a few examples here. Uh, one myth is biofuels increase food prices. Another might be modern farming would still be possible with just animal power. And another one would be Farmers get by because they rely on government welfare. The challenge here, Scott, is this. I hate politics. I don't want anything to do with politics. I don't really care about political parties. What I care about is success on the farm. And so that's why we try to, and we, I guess we, I realize we don't always stay to this, but we try to focus primarily on agronomics and economics. So how do you raise a better crop and how do you make more money with that crop? And the third component here is how do we make our land better and all our natural resources better at the same time? A lot of people want to talk about conservation and sustainability and everything else. I don't. Because all those words basically mean status quo and staying the same. I do not believe God put us here on earth to leave everything the same. We're supposed to make stuff better, and we can with great agronomics and properly managing money. That side of farming, don't get me wrong. I, I mean, I understand there are all these government programs, and you got to know about uh, all the rules and the regulations and all that other kind of stuff. 
But it gets challenging when we're going to start talking about political things because we aren't a political show. We don't want to be a political show. We're about agronomy here. But yeah, I mean, there are certainly a lot of myths out there about farming. I agree with you 100%. We often talk about drain tile here on the show, and that's one of the biggest ones. People think that drain tile's bad, and I'm like, what are you talking about? If it's done right, it's the best thing you could possibly do for the upstream neighbor, the downstream neighbor, the environment, the the roads, the everybody. It's incredible. So even wildlife, I, I, I mean, I can raise a lot more crop, which then the deer like to eat on our farm. Um, actually, when I think about pests, Darren, I, I mean, I worry about, uh, corn rootworm and you know a lot of other pests out there but I got to be honest I'm pretty sure that deer eat a lot more of our crop than any bug does in any given year so anyway all I'm getting at here is we we agree with you Scott that there are plenty of myths out there um, and we will certainly tackle some of those as we move forward if it's going to be political things uh, we're probably going to stay away from that all right. Thanks for the question. Uh, get this one or, or idea, I should say. Uh, get this one in from AT who says, guys need a little bit of help. I'm a new farmer. Uh, quit my job, came back to the farm to help out my wife and her family. They're excellent dairy cattle managers, but the crop side of things, they want me to take over. Now we switched from being a corn silage farm to a grass-fed dairy a couple of years ago, and so managing grass is my task. And I've got a lot of questions. Uh, I can't help but wonder, since the focus is always on corn, there are things that we're currently doing on the grass that aren't optimal management. So just curious, uh, any suggestions how a city slicker like me can learn how to be a grass savant? I want to get so good at growing grass that my wife and her family have no choice but to get more cows to eat all the grass I'm producing. (laughs) Awesome. And that's exactly the attitude that, quite frankly, any grass producer could take. Start treating that grass like it's your corn crop. So in the northern United States, for a lot of people, their heart is in corn. I don't care what anything else is going on the farm. Their heart is in corn. It's just like when I go to the southern United States and I run into a lot of guys, their heart is in cotton. Yep, they might now be raising corn or beans or all these other different crops, but their heart is in cotton. We want your heart to be in grass and you do everything you can to make that grass crop great. So, I mean, we're talking improving drainage, potentially doing great soil testing and lots of it, fertilizing appropriately. So you raise the best grass possible. There are a lot of things that you can do out there and even managing insects or diseases, certainly weeds. We talk about that all the time here in grass, but just some of the other things that people aren't looking at. And I'm not going to tell you that we have all the answers. Nobody has all the answers, but we do want you to try some new things on a small scale and just see if you you run into something where you go, oh, wow, that actually is really good, like the fungicide conversation or insecticide or, I mean, just things that people are not commonly doing. Yeah, the, the other question I've got is, is it is it going to get cut for hay and brought in or are you grazing the grass? If you are, then rotational grazing would certainly be something to look at. Uh, potentially naturals like Rise Up, Smart Grass, Gibralic Acid, Heat Shield's been another one that's shown really nice improvements in grass production. And then just be an expert in soil fertility. I'd recommend getting Neil Kinsey's hands-on agronomy book and attending any of the Ag PhD soil fertility clinics that are free and learn a little bit more about soil fertility because if you can put more nutrients into the soil, you can get more into the grass, you can get more into the cows, the cows can produce more milk. 
Thanks for the questions. Good luck, AT. Really appreciate it. Thanks for listening to our program today. Be sure to join us again each weekday for more Ag PhD Radio. 